Welcome to 15 Minute Freelancer, your snack-sized guide to being your own boss and building a business and life you love. I'm your host, Louise Shanahan. My LinkedIn bio says I'm a freelance health copywriter, but for the next 15 minutes, I'll be tickling your ears with practical strategies, behind-the-scenes stories and nuggets of wisdom so you can create a freelance business that works for you. Whether you're just starting out or you've been self-employed for a while, I'll be right here with you to help you navigate the ups and downs of freelancing life. So grab a coffee, relax, and join me for 15 minutes of freelancing fun. Don't forget to hit subscribe. Hello everyone, I am back after a couple of weeks break. Honestly, taking time off is one of the things that I find hardest about freelancing. Somehow I just book in more projects and then another one and another one and then something else comes up and before I know it, it's August and I haven't had any time off since Christmas. I hope that doesn't sound like a humble brag because it really isn't meant to be. I'm definitely not proud of the fact that I find it so hard to take time off. I know it sounds like I'm a workaholic. I don't feel like one, but my diary would definitely uh, challenge that perspective, I think. So yeah, getting better at taking time off and actually making the most of the freedom that freelancing affords us is something that I am trying to work at over the next few months. If you or someone you know has this nailed down, then please do let me know because I'd love to have them come on the podcast and chat to me about their secret strategies for taking chunks of time off. Anyway, I'm excited to be back. My head is bursting with ideas and I'm looking forward to getting stuck back into work and the podcast. This is why I never take time off. (laughs) I've got several brilliant guests lined up, so do keep an ear out for those. Today, though, I want to talk about proposals, specifically when to send them, what to put in them, when to follow up and a sneaky trick to save a whole lot of time and effort by skipping proposals altogether and replacing them with an info kit. So if that sounds interesting to you, if you find proposals to be a total time suck or if you've heard of info kits and are curious about how they work, hang around and I will give you a whistle stop tour of my processes in the next 15 minutes. I am in a slightly noisyish room at the moment so I apologise if there's a bit of rumbling in the background but Done is better than perfect, so here we go. As you know, I am a copywriter, so the things that I put in my proposals will probably be very different to the kind of things that you might include if you're creating a proposal as, I don't know, a web designer or a strategy consultant, or you're giving a quote as a landscape gardener or whatever. So as usual, ignore the bits that aren't relevant to you and adapt as you see fit. But the principles, I think, will be pretty similar. The point in a proposal is to identify what an interested potential client needs and wants, tell them how you will deliver that, tell them how long it will take, and tell them how much it will cost. Of course, there are other bits and bobs that go in, but those are the main elements. So first of all, do you even need to write a proposal? Couldn't you just jot all that down in an email or chat it over on a phone call? Does it really need to be a separate doc? Well, yeah, you can do all of those things. A proposal could be an email, a Google Doc, a fancy PDF, or even a video. Or you could skip the proposal altogether and send a contract. Really, whatever works for you, whatever makes it easiest for you to communicate your approach so the client can say yes and you both know what the plan is. For me, usually I send a proposal or an info kit in a PDF format with a link. It's not an actual PDF that I'm sending. And then the contract comes next. I use templates for both of those things, so it's all very quick. 
I've covered contracts before on the podcast, so I won't get into that today. I'll, I'll add a link to the episode about contracts. Not all freelancers use contracts, but I will say that I definitely recommend it. I think you need to have some written record of what you and the client both expect the project to look like. So you're both clear on what your respective responsibilities are and you're protected to a degree if things go belly up, which hopefully they won't. Proposals serve two functions in my view. One is to secure the sale. They persuade and reassure the prospective client that you can deliver what they need and make them feel excited to work with you. And the second function is to set some expectations around your working style. So you'll include some of the terms that will appear in your contract, for example. You'll give a sense of how you like to work and generally set some boundaries. Note that unless your proposal includes a dotted line for the client to sign and even a link to payment, which is another thing that you can do, you're not held to the terms of the proposal in the same way that you would be with a contract, of course. You might tweak some of the details, but it does help to set the tone for how you're going to work together. Okay, all that said, when do you send a proposal? So I usually send it just after the intro call. If that call has gone well and we think we're a good fit, I will tell them on the call that I'm going to send it and when they should expect it. Usually this is within 24 to 40 hours. Some people will say that it's fine to send a proposal within seven days, but I did read a study a while back that suggested that proposals sent within a couple of days convert at a higher rate. So really the earlier you send them, the more likely the person is to still be feeling excited after that call and you can strike while the iron is hot. This of course depends on how busy you are and how much detail you're adding into your proposal, how much you're writing from scratch. Are there any times when you wouldn't send a proposal? Well, obviously don't send a proposal if you don't want to work with them. I also wouldn't send the proposal if it's a client I've already worked with and I think we can cover the details in an email. So if it's a new project but with a, an existing client or a client that you know well, I wouldn't bother going through the faff of sending a proposal. So what goes in the proposal? The key thing to remember with a proposal is that you are showing the client that you understand what problem they need you to solve. It can help to shift your mindset from selling your services to solving their problem. If you do that, you'll have a much more effective proposal. So you're thinking about how can I show them that I know what problem they need solved rather than how can I show them how amazing I am? Although you will want to do a bit of that too. <laughs> The first section in my proposals is usually titled the need or the challenge or something like that. I use a template, as I said, and this is pretty much the only part that gets written from scratch. So I'll be trying to repeat exactly what they said on the intro call so they know I was listening and so they know that I understand what problem they need solved. So how did they describe the problem? They may have said they need their homepage rewritten. And hopefully I did a bit of digging on the call to understand why they want that? What is the real problem that they want solved or that they need solved? Is it to get more conversions or sales? Is it because they don't feel the page reflects how their business has evolved recently? What's the real driver here? The next section, logically, is how can I solve that problem for them? So this section is a really high level description of what I do, my expertise, my experience, and how I will use all of that to solve their problem. So it's very focused on the client and their business and their problem. It's just a couple of paragraphs or bullet points. It's not super detailed. Hopefully I would have covered some of this on the intro call. So it's really just a reminder of what they already know. 
Next, I get to the nitty gritty. This is the bit that we know all clients will skip to. <laughs> I outline the process or the steps that I envisage in the project with any key checkpoints for them so they know what the workflow will be. So for website copywriting, for example, I will specify my recommendations for the research stage, drafting, wireframing and editing. So I'll say how long each stage takes and what the total fee will be. I'll often write something like, based on our conversation, here's how I think we should approach your project. It's very clear, straight talking recommendations, no bells and whistles. Really, you want this to be as quick and succinct as possible. This is about what they want to know, not what you want to tell them, in the sense that it's not just a case of listing all your impressive certifications or testimonials, though, as I say, you do want to include some of those. It's about how you'll solve their problem. But at the same time, you don't just tell them what they want to hear. Don't want to be recommending something that isn't going to serve them well or isn't something that you can actually deliver just so you get the project because that's just going to lead you into a world of pain further down the line. Sometimes I might offer two or three options like a menu. Usually I'll have a preferred option that I hope they will choose but they may have indicated on the call that they're keen to find out more about a particular approach or they're curious about what the next level option up might be. So I'll frame these so they're drawn to the option that I feel will get them the best results and of course make the most financial or energetic sense for me too. I don't include a breakdown of costs for the different elements of the project unless those elements could stand alone or be removed. So for example, in the example I gave about website copywriting, I wouldn't price research separately because I can't write, I can't do the rest of the project without the research. And also just to note that most of the time I'm pricing by the project, not by the day or God forbid by the hour or the word. <laughs> you focus on value when you're thinking about pricing. Occasionally I'll do a day rate if I think the project might need to grow as we go and I'm happy with that and I'll usually give an estimated number of days in that case. So I'll explain in the proposal how that would work. Next, there are some samples, case studies and client testimonials, all relevant to this project. I only include about three, otherwise I think it gets a bit overwhelming for people. And I have templates where I can swap in the most relevant ones that most closely match what I'm proposing for this client. Then there's a what happens next section. This is where you explain how they book. Do you want them to send you an email, go to a payment page, whatever. Explain the next steps to get started so that they can pay their deposit and you can get cracking and make it sound fun and easy. <laughs> and always add a date here. You don't want someone coming back six months later and expecting the same service for the same price. So make that clear as well if there is a time frame on the proposal. Finally, I include an appendix with some of the standard terms for my contract uh, so they know what to expect. There are no surprises there. And I forgot to mention, there's also a short section with a bit more information on my background and working style. It's really, really short. I'm not getting into loads and loads of detail, but it just gives them a chance to get to know me better. So I'll mention my background in government, for example, my master's in health policy, other training and certificates, anything that's really going to be relevant to this project. I know that sounds like quite a lot of information and it sounds like it's going to be a really long document. It's actually not really long. It's maybe four or five pages or something and I've got pictures in there too. <laughs> 
does it need to be that long or that fancy? I know clients probably skip to the page with the price on it, but this is what helps me work through how I will deliver their project. It means that I know that I've told them everything that I want them to know or that they need to know before they work with me. It's also a really beautiful document designed by my graphic designer. <laughs> so I think it shows that I take this seriously. I'm reliable. I care about presentation. And it also gives them something to share with their colleagues if hiring a copywriter or a freelancer is a team decision. This is often expected as well with more corporate clients, um, which is often the case when I'm doing white paper projects. Perhaps less so with smaller clients or solo business owners who might be happy just to discuss all this on a call. But I still find that it gets them excited. And I know that when I'm on the receiving end of a beautiful doc that someone I'm thinking of hiring has put a lot of care into, I feel excited about the project and about my business more than I might with a call or an email. But it's up to you, of course. It depends on your clients. Do not make this longer than it needs to be. I hear stories of people spending half a day on proposals and that is not the situation you want to be in. If your clients are happy to proceed on the basis of a three-line email, do that. Uh, use a Google Doc, whatever is going to make it straightforward for you. I'm using a template, so it doesn't take me more than 15 to 20 minutes to complete, I would say. Okay. So I mentioned InfoKits. This is basically a document that's similar to the proposal, but it works for a standard service that you're providing, a productized service, if you like. Something that is the same process and the same price regardless of the client. It's basically what it says on the label. It's information that they need about the service that you're going to provide them. I have an info kit for content writing, i.e. for writing articles where the process and the price or the range of prices isn't going to change or be tailored to the client. If that's going to be the case, I would do a bespoke proposal, but usually there's no need to create a new proposal for each person who inquires. This saves me a lot of time. I also don't need to do an intro call with every single person who's interested in this kind of service. So this can be a good way to pre-qualify clients. You remember I've talked about pre-qualifying before. You don't want to waste time doing sales calls or intro calls with people who are never in a million years going to be a good fit. So you want to filter them beforehand by mentioning your availability, your rates, your services, things you do and don't do and so on on your website or in an email before you have the call. I wouldn't necessarily want to do loads and loads of intro calls every week. So I can just fire this off immediately. The client gets everything they need to make the decision and move the project forwards. So it's a huge time saver. I think this format works best if you have a productized or standardized service, as I mentioned, but you might include more services. You could make it like a menu of services or a rates card where you include a little bit of bump about a number of services that you offer. Basically, it's everything the client needs to know before they work with you in a handy document so you don't need to keep repeating it to different clients. An alternative might be to format this as a sales page or a hidden services page on your website. So it's not necessarily in the main navigation, but you can send a link to that web page instead of a PDF or a Google Doc. There's so many ways to do this. <laughs> and then finally, once you've sent the proposal or the info kit or the link to your secret service page, don't forget to follow up. If I've said that I have availability until X date, as long as they book by Y date, I'll get in touch before Y, if that makes sense. Or otherwise, I will usually drop them an email to see if they made a decision about a week later and then take it from there. I think that's pretty much everything I can think of to say about proposals and info kits. If you have any questions, do give me a shout on Twitter or LinkedIn or leave me a voice message on memo.fm forward slash 15. 
And of course, if you found this helpful, if you enjoyed it, I would be eternally grateful if you'd share with a friend, leave a review or subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. Thank you and I shall see you next time. You've been listening to 15 Minute Freelancer with me, Louise Shanahan, freelance health copywriter and content marketer at thecopyprescription.com. If you enjoyed this, please hit subscribe, leave a review or share it with a freelance friend. And if you've got a freelancing question you want answered on the podcast, find me and say hi on Twitter, LinkedIn or Instagram. Thanks and until next time, happy freelancing!